Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. Everybody. This is Marissa Carpico, the film editor at thepopbreak.com. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Taylor. Say hello, Matt. Hi, everyone. Uh, and we're here for an episode of our category breakdowns for the 2021 um, Oscar movies. Um, we're doing um, a couple of... Um, we're doing three uh, categories this time, two of which, the um, as of recording of this, the Academy does not care about. Um, oh, I should say that this is the uh, way too early Oscar podcast if I didn't already. Um, but the categories we're doing today are cinematography, which is um, allegedly still going to be airing on the pod or the uh, the telecast, and editing and production design, which they say they're not going to air, but um, we're sure we'll, they'll probably walk that back by the time this <laughs> this um, is released and when the the awards airs air because um their fans don't like it um they they yeah. better they better cancel it i'm just they better they better listen yeah. cancel culture is, has not gone far enough clearly if we're letting this <laughs> if we're letting this happen exactly um let's start with cinematography um the nominees are uh for dune nightmare alley the power of the dog the tragedy of macbeth and west side story um Let's talk about Dune first, which is, um, uh, you know, well, why don't you, I guess we can tell people about Dune. I mean, they know it. We, everybody <laughs> saw it. It's yeah. by, the cinematography is by Greg Frazier. Um, it's spectacular. Um, you know, uh, Denis Villeneuve's um, films are always spectacular looking. Um, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, yeah, his films are always spectacular looking, but, like, here it's, like, a new level of just, like, mm. there were there were moments where I was, like, holy shit, like, this movie is <laughs> one of the most incredible looking movies I've ever seen. Like, yeah. I, I think we talked about this in the episode where we, where we talked about Dune, but mm -hmm. there's that one shot of, like, the, I like, you know, people arriving on whatever planet Timothy Chalamet starts off on. And, mm -hmm. like, a, a spaceship opens up, and, like, you have all these people in front of the spaceship, like, receiving them. And then you see, like, on the spaceship, more people. And, you, I mean, it's a mixture of production design and cinematography. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, the visuals like that are just one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. And then you add in, like, so many memorable, so much memorable imagery involving the villain, like, the villains, mm -hmm. the... Um, the way the action scenes are so crisply shot and everything. It's just one of the best looking movies I've ever seen, basically. And like, uh, you know, the Oscars do tend to like kind of just go for like uh, visual spectacle in this category. But I think here it's like very much well earned, unlike some of the things we'll get to yeah. <laughs> as it goes down. I do felt I, I felt like I was like consciously during it, watching the film in a theater you know, unexpectedly because my last duel um, tickets were, were canceled by Regal at the last minute without <laughs> mourning. Um, I felt like my jaw was open, like, most of the time. Like, I was just staring agape at the screen. And, like, 
every once in a while I, I'd realize I was like mouth breathing. <laughs> just yeah. like, you know, the, the, the awe that I was experiencing. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's visually arresting and, and really something to watch. I mean, you know, there were times when I was like, I'm fully like, I don't understand what's going on, but man, I am just enjoying the, the visuals so much that I really don't care, honestly. Um, and that's what I want from these things, you know? I just, I don't really care. I just want to, spectacle is what I want at this point. Um, it's it's true spectacle in the sense that, like, we don't get it anymore. Like Absolutely not. You can listen to our visual effects episode whenever that comes. It might have already come, might be coming in the pipeline, but, like, Movies are so ugly these days. Oh, girl. Like, like, the fact that we have this big budget spectacle movie that mm-hmm. actually looks, like, spectacular, I'm like, mm-hmm. ev- like, every technical award this Dune gets is well-deserved, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it is, you're right, it's so crisp and beautiful, and I, I said it in my letterbox review of just, like, I felt like I was watching a film that was, like, a cultural reset. It felt like I was, like, is this what it was like to watch, like, I don't know, something like 2001 Space Odyssey or something years ago, because it just felt so incredible to watch. It's just the, it's just perfectly, you know, uh, visually perfect. Um, a less, a film that is less visually perfect is Nightmare Alley. Although I will say like the best thing about it is the visuals, which is why when they attempted to do a um, prestige it up by making a black and white screening series of it, I was just like, oh, so like, just erase everything that was worthwhile about watching the film. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, cool marketing, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's lush in, in its colors and things and, and also sort of gritty. I mean, it, it you know, um, it's, uh, I don't know what you can say about it. It's Dan Lautzen, Lautzen, I actually don't know how to pronounce that. Um, you know, doing Guillermo del Toro, um, Carnival, gothic you know realness I don't I don't really know um it looks it looks cool like you know there's that there's that section um of near the end or really anytime they're with the Kate Blanchett character that it's like we are suddenly fully plunged into a um a nightmare noir film in a way that like not even the rest of the film is like like it's always snowing and stuff which isn't which is you know more of more something else more of a different category that we're going to talk about but like I don't know. There, there is something cool about it, but I just, um, the visuals are, are holding up the whole thing. You know, that's all there really is to the film for me. Um, what are your thoughts to it? Yeah. I just watched this movie last night. I missed it in theaters. And, um, yeah, it's like, we'll talk about production design and, you know, the movie looks, looks good. I like, but I will say the cinematography kind of, and it's nomination kind of gets to what bothers you about the category. And it feels silly to say this right after talking about Dune, but, like, mm-hmm. con- context is key. And it's, like, it just is a movie that, like, yeah, it, like, looks well photographed, but I'm just kind of, like, it's, like, truly all style, no substance and everything like that. And yes. it's, like, yeah. like, as pretty as it was, I was, like, okay, like, there are a lot of pretty movies and like mm-hmm. not every one of them is a good use of cinematography. And like, mm-hmm. there's like one or two shots here that are really genuinely impressive. I'm thinking of one particularly with like Rudy Mare near the end. That's like, yeah, yeah that's I was going to say in the snow when she's in the middle of the screen and, and yeah. we're outside. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good shot, but it sort of almost feels like, you know, we could, 
there, there, there are more effective uses of cinematography this year beyond just the visuals. And that's how I kind of felt watching it. Yeah, we will certainly be offering other alternatives. Um, if, if you've heard these before, we always uh, have a little section where we're like, here's what should have been nominated. <laughs> so yep, wait yep, for yep. that. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. It's just an empty film um, that looks, you know, we're not above, we're, we don't reject style over substance on this podcast. I mean, I, I said just a minute ago that Dune was beautiful in a way that made me not care about any of the content. But um, yeah, Nightmare Alley just sucks. Why don't you tell people about Power of the Dog while I um, mute this, while I, uh, that siren goes by. Yeah, I was going to say like, are bombs being dropped in Brooklyn right now? What's what's going on? It literally uh, stopped as I pressed the mute button, but oh well. <laughs> um, well, we're happy to have you with us. Um, the the Power of the Dog, cinematography by Ari Wegner, um, who is the second woman to be nominated in this category. Um, uh, no secret, I love this movie. I think it has. It's sort of like the opposite of what like. I was thinking about with um, Nightmare Alley of like, it's it's a pretty looking movie, yes, but it's not one where it's like constantly going for, you know, the one perfect shot, like Twitter <laughs> account, basically. No offense wow. to that Twitter account. I love that Twitter account. No, but, but you're right. You're right. Right. It's like a lot of film, like films these days feel like they're like being made specifically for that Twitter account. And The Power of the Dog is not like the most beautiful looking movie but it's images like really pack a punch whether it be like a few drops of blood on like some grains or and some grass or like you know Kirsten Dunst sitting at a piano while like a bunch of people are behind her it's like it's really like you know using the imagery well and um I think it's very very impressive uh you know just uh the past dog did so well with the nominations it got the most nominations and I'm happy to see it like get rewarded down the line yeah, I, I mean, people will learn this from listening to these category episodes, but I don't really care for the film. I, I mean, I don't hate it or anything. I just um, forget it. Um, but I do think the cinematography is the best thing about it. It's gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. There were definitely times that I was watching it where I was just like, Jesus, is this over yet? Oh, but that's a nice shot of a mountain. Cool. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I there there it is visually arresting if um, a little too uh, glacially paced for me and or you know I mean that's just one of the things I I didn't connect with with it. Um, all right, the tragedy of Macbeth. Um, Bruno Del Bono, um, who's been is who's a familiar name to anyone who's like a film person. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, He's one of the guys. What do you tell people about uh, tragedy of Macbeth? Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, this is sort of like the cross section of all the things I've been saying, where I do mm. think it's sort of like one perfect shot to death, essentially. But at the yeah. same time, like a lot of those shots, I did sit there being like, oh, pretty cool and everything. Uh, I think it's more of a feat of production design than it is cinematography for me. But, um, mm. but you know, mm. like, like I appreciated, I mean, we'll talk about production design because Spoiler alert, the same nominees were nominated in production design as they were in <laughs> cinematography. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm more impressed with the production design than the cinematography. And I think the cinematography is good, but um, a thing my boyfriend and I have been talking about throughout this Oscar season um, is my boyfriend hates it when films are done in black and white to be like, to just feel artsy and everything. To Pretentious. Use yeah. yeah, and I don't know if I share that thesis, but I do think here 
like it's correct he's, he's it, correct Ben is right we're at a certain point I'm just like I'm like okay like you know the there are more, there at least, we'll get to it, but there's at least one black and white film that whose cinematography is so much more interesting with what it's doing with black and white, where I'm like, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, we're, we're in agreement. And I'm like, yeah. you know, obviously it's Belfast. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And um, Actually, yeah. no, no. Yeah, it's just like, you know, I'm like, it's fine. I don't hate the nomination. It's a pretty looking movie. They're just more interesting choices. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I mean, I hate Belfast, but, uh, you know, I did like the cinematography in that more than this, because I do think, it's not the one we're talking about, though, but um, (laughs) I do think the tragedy of Macbeth for me was, like, the cinematography is, is, I think you're absolutely right, the most one perfect shoddy of all, and the film feels really... um, like I, I, I'm loath to use the word pretentious because I think it's overused a lot to be dismissive of things that are difficult or like challenging, mm-hmm. but like I, I could probably perform Macbeth from memory just because I've seen it so many times and I like that play. And this felt so like, ugh, like, um, I don't know, like senior projecty for me in a way that I just was like, Ooh, this is this is embarrassing to me. Like watching it felt embarrassing. I, I really felt like embarrassed for a lot of people <laughs> in it. It just it just doesn't. It's not. I don't think it's very good. But the cinematography is fine. But I think you do make an interesting point about maybe it being more production design in the cinematography because I don't know. I mean, realistically, it's the lighting, I guess. But yeah, I do think you're right. The 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 film we're not we're not saying is is far more interesting black and white cinematography by mm-hmm. far. Um, West Side Story, um, Janusz Kaminski, um, another well-known cinematographer. Um, I, 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 I'm a little, I don't know. I love the movie. I think it's a masterpiece. It's my favorite film of the, the Oscar year. Do you know what I mean? Like, as yeah. we've, well, well, people will probably realize this after they've listened to a bunch of episodes, but I mean, if West Side Story won Best Picture, it would only be right to me. It is the only answer, uh, realistically, but, mm-hmm. um, but, I actually don't love the cinematography in it. I have to confess, like it's a little soft for me and it mutes the colors a little bit in a way that I didn't always love. And it's not always, not always the case. Like America's popped, but a lot of the other scenes are a little, a little soft and, and muted for me in a way that I, I just didn't, I wanted, I wanted full Technicolor. Um, and I, I get why, it, the choice was made because it's setting it in the past more and there's a sort of uh, sheen of romance to it. And I get that. And there are scenes where it works like that shit in the cloisters is so good. And uh, America looks stunning, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't love the um, cinematography here. I have to confess, but it is, you know, interesting and good. And I liked it a lot more the second time I saw the, the movie. I will say that. What are your thoughts? Oh, see, I'm much more positive than you on my yeah. story with the, the, the cinematography. Like, mm. I think this is my favorite of the year. Um, mm. Just the way the, the camera moves. And I, I've seen the film three times so far, twice in IMAX. No, um, once in Dolby, once in IMAX. And then once just on a, on a traditional screen. And um, the way the camera moves, especially in, like, a really high-quality picture, like IMAX or Dolby, some of those shots just take my breath away in a way that mm-hmm. no movie has in a very long time. The, there's a moment where um, Tony is climbing the um, the fire escape to get to 
Maria, and he like dangles over the uh, fire escape for a second as he's like going over like a ladder or something like that. And the camera's like below him. And the way it's captured is like one of the most thrilling things I've ever seen. Like, I'm like, <laughs> this is like beautiful. The way the camera swoops in and out of the mm. um, school dance, I'm just like, I think it's so impressive. And I was getting tired, not tired, but like, you know, this is not the first time um, Seelberg has worked with uh, um, Janice Kaminsky. Kaminsky. Yeah. yeah. And I was sort of getting tired of that just distinctly uh, Kaminsky style of cinematography. Mm. That just, it's like, you know, like I'm thinking of things like, you know, uh, The Post, which I think is a good but an ugly movie. And it's like... He uh, does do that soft muted thing a lot. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, and I think this is the best work he's ever done, Kaminsky. And I, mm. I'm very, I'm very impressed uh, by it. I see your points about like, I think a, a full Technicolor musical by Spielberg would have been out of this world, but like, mm. I, I'm very taken with this work here. Yeah, I mean, you make a great point about um, the camera movement. I think the camera movement is spectacular. If, if I'm just thinking about the movement, it is really you know, a, a big part of why the film succeeds. I mean, the dance scenes are fucking incredible and there's, mm-hmm. there's beautiful stuff in it, but yeah, I don't know. There's something about the, the color grading, I guess, in it that just didn't quite work for me. And I, I, you know, I, I wanted, I don't know what I wanted, but I just, there's something, something about it didn't feel as vibrant as I, as, as I was hoping or something, but you know, I, I it's still fucking beautiful. I would mm-hmm. see it again in theaters if I could, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, I, it's, fucking it's like one of the best movies of like i i still think it's one of the best movies of this century so far frankly oh yeah absolutely probably possibly the best but you know i'd have to make that list um uh, please someone ask us to make that list you know what it'd be such a mine would be so messy and you all know it um okay (laughs) what are what's your what do you think is gonna win and i'm i'm assuming so you're saying west side story is your like personal pick but what do you think is actually gonna win yeah, in terms of winning, this sort of feels like Dune's to lose. I think we're going to be repeating Dune a lot through all the technical categories, which is fine. I'm, I'm fine with that, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it's probably Dune's to lose. Um, and yeah, you know, for me, it's probably Dune as well as a pick. Um, why don't you tell people your, you know, your um, what you would have chosen? Yeah, so I have my people, as longtime listeners know, I have my brackets that I keep all year. Uh, so these are my five right now. Um, I reserve the right to change them before Oscar now. <laughs> but, um, but my five right now, in no particular order, just the order that they appear in my bracket, <laughs> um, uh, would be uh, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story, so carrying those over from the nominations. Then um, Passing. The, yep, that's um, the one we're talking about. Yep. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I Dune also from the nominations. And then uh, Licorice Pizza. Those are my five for cinematography. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. both talk about passing quite a bit. Um, so uh, I'll just keep it brief and just say, like, the black and white in this film is both significant for executing what Rebecca Hall's trying to do with the film as a whole, but also just, like, some, the, some really striking imagery and... Um, mm-hmm. I think we talked about this a bit when we talked. I don't actually know if we ever talked about Haslam on an episode or not, but... Um, you know, I don't think I did. Um, I know you did after seeing it, but I, I don't think I ever um, had watched it when we talked about it. And when I had, it was, like, already too 
too too far gone essentially and then yeah. it was like we'll just reserve it for for this stuff so no i guess we haven't i, I, I think we've talked about it like online or whatever but yeah. yeah i mean it's spectacular um there is a we do have a an article from um i believe it's tom moore he wrote a a, a a sort of feature about black and white cinematography this year the last year um and gives a really good breakdown of passing um because it, it is spectacular because it's not only just about it's the way that contrast is using that film to emphasize uh, um, the contrast of bla the black and white cinematography to, to emphasize uh, the the questions of race and and passing that the film is talking about, and it's just spectacular. I mean, it's really subtle work. It's incredible stuff. It's um, incredible, yeah. And it just yeah. yeah. It's a shame. Yeah, you're completely right. We're going to talk about that film over and over and over again, actually. <laughs> and it's a shame that. This that seems like an obvious one for 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 this category especially because it is superlative. Um, uh, the extra ones that I would have said are um, a film I know I like and you don't old, which is <laughs> you I, know I, a, love, I love the pick I love that pick honestly because the cinematography is really fun in that because there's a lot of swirling around it has to create this constant energy and a lot of it is like sort of uncut uh, shots it's just like long shots of of madness utter <laughs> madness uh and i remember watching it thinking like man this this film is nuts and shot in a really fun and interesting way what a, what a treat um i had a blast with it um and then the other one would be zola which um mm, okay. is about is essentially inspired by uh, a social media thread you can read my review on the site if you'd like um it's inspired by a social media thread that went viral and is about uh, social media and like artifice in a way right so the whole film is sort of uh, looks as if it were filmed through like an instagram filter or something there's a softness to it and there's a sort of um like i don't know blurry um like a bleed to the colors if you will and there's like a i don't know um it's pretty popped in its colors like all the colors are uh, like heightened a bit right even even when they're grimy colors, let's say. <laughs> so like, <laughs> even that it's grimiest, um, it, it, but also there are big pops of color. There's, it's, and the light is, you know, really, it's, it's, it's incredible. But yeah, I think that film is really cool looking. And there are some really cool shots in that too. Um, just like actual camera movement and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. That's a film that I thought was very good and, and clearly, uh, you know, it's, it's probably, I, I'm sure a bunch of, academy people watch it and we're like what is this um i'll right. be talking about zola quite a bit over the course of these mini sits so that's exactly we, what i want to hear from you <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's it's one of the best movies of the year <laughs> it's so good i i caught it again on like showtime the other day it was i think starting playing on tv and i was watching like the last 30 minutes with some people who'd never seen it and i i thought we were going to change it when they came into the room and then they were so compelled by it that we just ended up watching the last 30 minutes um Hell yeah. and they were like wow that was wild <laughs> um okay uh let's why don't we just do production design since it's the same um exact category essentially yeah um <laughs> so the the nominees i'll just say it again i suppose are um dune nightmare alley the power of the dog the tragedy of Macbeth, west side story um uh patrice vermette and susanna sipos i'm assuming um uh did dune um and like they deserve so much credit because 
They did that. They did that. And like a lot of sci-fi or futuristic sort of dystopian films, let's say, have tried have tried to do to sort of like influence culture, right? Like thinking of something like the way that Blade Runner um, influences culture and fashion as soon as it comes out because of the way it looks, right? And like on some level, like there hasn't been something like that maybe in a long time, but like the fifth element almost does that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's an aesthetic there that becomes iconic. Um, and like, you know, I think a failed instance of that, which isn't, it's not bad, but it just is not, it did not influence the culture in a way that I think it could have. The Hunger Games looks cool, but felt of its time in its production design and, and all that stuff. This, this feels like it's like is of the moment and of also referencing the seventies, but also like everybody's going to look like that, <laughs> like for like two years. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's the kind of thing that like, I was watching it thinking like, this is it. This is how you do sci-fi. This is it right here. Like it's so detailed and, but also so like often minimalistic in a way that it's just so in like, there's, there's opulence to it in an odd way. Like there's just these big open spaces and it just feels massive. I don't know. It's incredible to me. Like everything feels lived in, but also completely ridiculously not real. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just think it's incredible work. What are your thoughts? No, yeah. Completely agree with what you're saying. And like, again, again, this might be snobby. I don't care. Like yeah. it has been so long since a movie like this has looked real. <laughs> like <laughs> where it looks like, people are actually on a set and like (laughs) touching things and I'm like I was just watching it I'm like yes like I'm happy that movie was a hit because I'm like just someone send a message like hi like movies can look like this though it's fine Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. like people will go watch them I'm just like you know it is one of the best looking blockbusters in years and I mean like just a very very deserved nomination truly you know, good for, good for all involved. <laughs> yeah. There was a film class when I was in college that was like post 9-11 film where infamously the the professor who is a, a big time someone I, who I can't remember right now um, would project simultaneously two movies next to each other. And I imagine if you projected Dune and Infinity War next to each other, you'd be like, would just be able to see what Matt is talking about of like films that have films have looked like shit for so many years now and we've just accepted it and Dune was such a nice breath of fresh air because it was like ah finally something that doesn't make me want to scream um, exactly exactly. looking at it for three hours um Nightmare Alley uh a film we we will still have harsh words for in every other category but uh you know production design is what Guillermo del Toro is great at this is Tamara Deverell and Shane Bue. Um, again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and it's it's a cool looking movie. You know, uh, none of it looks real. Um, they all take place in this imaginary space, but that's what you kind of expect from a Del Toro film. Um, like I said, the production design on that, on the, the like shrinks office that Kate Blanchett is in is so ridiculous that in the film, I was like, enough with the snow and the like dramatic <laughs> lighting coming through the window I was like this is such a parody like what is this and I you know I wait the whole movie for that character because I I had seen the original before I saw this so I was just like or that you know the first film um so I just like I don't know it's it's 
great to look at, you know, you know, you kind of know what you're going to, that you're going to get something kind of cool looking if you're going to watch a Guillermo del Toro film about like circus folk. But, you know, again, I, I don't, I think that's the, these, the two, the, the cinematography and, and the um, production design are the best things about the film. But um, it, in terms of like some of the other nominees here, I think it's still, you know, middle tier at, at the best. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the carnival stuff is incredible. Mm-hmm. And then once you leave the carnival, uh, which takes too long to do, but also it feels Girl. like we're just kind of middling for a while in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the occasional really strong set. The Cape Blanchett office is incredible. It was really giving me like Batman Returns vibes and just it's, <laughs> like it's like sinister winterness and everything. And, Very that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, there's some occasionally cool stuff, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's, Good work would not make my five, but like mm-hmm. it's good, it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, good for them. Yeah. It's fine. Um, Power of the Dog is uh, Grant Major and Amber Richards. Um, you know, again, I, not a film I love, but I think the production design is fabulous. Can you, you know, it's a, it's a, it feels like a, a real, like a Western, and it's, but it doesn't feel like a, a, none of it feels like sets. It does feel like these are people living in real spaces and living in and working and doing real work. Um, I think it's very good. Um, I assume you feel the same. Yeah, it's funny. Um, someone in my life who is probably not listening, but I will just clarify. I have no beef with him beyond <laughs> what I'm about to say. Was like, <laughs> was like, I never heard of the power of the dog. It's like some random Netflix movie that they just kind of dumped like want like got a bunch of Oscar nominations and I was like excuse me <laughs> like I was like look at the production value this is not some random Netflix movie they're putting money into this and Jane yeah, Campion like, for God's sake exactly exactly disrespect but um no it looks um it looks beautiful yeah like yeah. again it doesn't make doesn't make my five but like very strong work I like yeah that. I think it has the unfortunate um uh like fact of being um about a real thing like it's not it's just real real cowboys do you know what I mean so it's yeah. <laughs> I think it's not as spectacular I'm sure it is very you know it's it's hard to do it actually isn't very hard to do period stuff because you have constraints you have right. to make sure that everything makes sense for what period you're doing everybody else can just sort of fuck around basically but um and there's also not like a fantasy element to it like Nightmare Alley sort of has so like you kind of can't like it has to look real but it's not noticeable to the average person. It's probably very cool to like someone who you know knows more about the subject matter, maybe. Um, Tragedy of Macbeth is Stephen Deschamps and Nancy High. Um, you you made that great point about um, the production design design being um, uh, maybe the strongest part here. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah, you know, it's just with something like Macbeth, which we've seen so many different productions of in so many different formats and everything movies like this I just kind of am like all right what like treating it like a Broadway revival like what can we do with it and I think the minimalist sets and the way they're able to communicate so much with like realistically very few sets and props Mm -hmm. and everything to me it worked very well like it's the sort of thing where you know you can imagine this on stage and it would look really really cool but it's made so much more cinematic through like the Cohen, the, well, the Joe Cohen's directing and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think, you know, it's a beautiful 
looking movie, and I for me it was the sets that that popped more than the cinematography. So I I'm very impressed by impressed by that. And it's a great point because I do think the things that I most remember about it are like more set based than than the way it's shot. Like you know the this the big staircase, let's say, or yeah. um, the room that floods. You know that that mm-hmm. shit's wild, um, and and really memorable because of the way those those like spaces play into the plot plot um west side story uh adam stockhausen and reina d'angelo uh you know that is some damn fine production design mm-hmm. because it is it is a period setting but it is also the most heightened romantic version of those period settings. Yeah. <laughs> and my god it, it's just every every shot is so fucking like just lush man there's just so much going on in every every setting every setting feels so like memorable and distinct and like perfectly tailored to whatever's going on in the scene I mean you're right that that the damn um uh fire escape scene is like the whole thing it's it is the the wherefore art thou Romeo shit. Like you, it has to be. You have to build your entire romance almost entirely on that scene. I mean, realistically, you have to do in the dance the dance scene too. But like that's where they really actually get to speak to each other for more than ten seconds. <laughs> but like, ah man, and that that's incredible. Like the the fight scene in the salt warehouse or whatever is so insane. There's so many good pieces of sets like good pieces of like like moments of set design and and production design like even if even something smaller like maria's bedroom tells you so much about her Mm -hmm. um and their and their house and the way it's laid out like when um uh ariana debose's character anita is making uh breakfast and there's those it's right before she goes to start singing america and there's those sheets or whatever hanging and they're everything's kind of like muted but then those sheets are like pops of color and it's like oh shit she's about to tear it down <laughs> like you know <laughs> we're about to see a the, the musical number like ah that's so brilliant that that shit's so good and the lighting there is incredible too um what are your thoughts on west side story and the production design yeah beautiful uh, like truly something so special i you mentioned a lot of the great highlight moments for me the other big highlight is the last section of the film when that like mm. you know the the, yeah. the way the film depicts the gentrification of that area where you just have like buildings with nothing surrounding except for rubble and everything is so yeah. effective especially in that last scene and it's yeah. just like you know it's it's a really beautiful looking that like if we're going to take the the re, like the the idea of movies like this being like revivals or something like that similar to um what i was saying about Macbeth. it's like this is such an interesting way of reimagining the the production design of this story and everything i think it's so it's so well done yeah i mean it's a big it's a big hurdle to clear because in the 61 film all that stuff is in there because it was actually happening the you know lincoln center was being built so like they just had it around to film on all that rubble (laughs) rubble was there here all the rubble is is a set you know somebody has to put it out there somebody's got to throw some big blocks down or whatever maybe just pieces of foam colored like blocks who knows but yeah it's incredible stuff um 
what are your, uh, or I'll, I guess I'll start with mine um, with the production design. Um, I would say uh, a film that I think is like probably both of one of our favorites of the year last year and is like a, a masterpiece. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Um, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> the, the hotel, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nice one and the one they're at briefly are <laughs> so perfect. Their houses, I mean, the, I could stare at the, the living room, like the living room that Talking Club takes place in is such a perfect <laughs> Just the word these women's about. lives. <laughs> like, you know that lady, you've met her. She's definitely like a friend of your aunt or something, or your aunt, you know what I mean? It's yes. just, it's so perfect and everything about the damn movie is so well done and those bright wild colors in that hotel and and the layer of the villain it's all fucking perfect it's so good and so like the the wild minds that it must have come from god bless them i, I could watch that movie forever and a big part of i mean there's everything about it is perfect frankly it's best picture material let's just say it and like, mm -hmm. but the production design is so fucking good, and it's such a huge part of why it, it succeeds so well. Um, why don't you do another one if you have if you have some? <laughs> yeah, um, Barb and Star obviously makes my five, but uh, I do want to shout out one that like in any other year, I or not any other year because Hollywood's kind of down this track for a while, but like ten years ago. I think mm -hmm. would have been a shoo-in for this nomination. Uh, the Last Duel, like, Same. Simil similar to Dune, like, um, how did this not get in there? Like, it's like, you know, these are just, this is what movies are supposed to look like and everything. And I'm like, it just looks so gorgeous. And I know the film was like a disaster at the box office. So like, uh, whatever Fox is called now that it's owned by Disney was like 20th Century Studios is like, no, get it out of here. And it's like, you know, it just, it's depressing because it's such a stunning looking movie where you can see the money on screen. And I I think it's a, you know, again, 10 years ago, this would have been a shoe in for a nomination, no matter how it did at the box office. So I'm just like, what a shame that it's kind of like not getting these tech crafts uh, awards dominated basically getting giving the production designers like a chance to shine <laughs> yeah yeah i don't get it um <clears throat> another one of mine would be parallel mothers which like i honestly don't understand generally if an almodovar film is being released shouldn't just shouldn't we just always be doing it for production design his who else is doing it like pedro almodovar <laughs> like <Yeah>. i don't <laughs> understand <laughs> Like, and spaces are so integral to everything he makes. And 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 this especially, like, I mean, I, you know, uh, the like, these are just normal people living in room, like, you know, bed, like apartments or whatever. But like, everything is specific. Every pot and pan is telling you something. Like, I just, nobody does production design by like the, those, his films. And it's just like, it. every time one is not nominated, I'm like, what are you doing over there? Like, what's going on at the Academy? Like, you guys paying attention? What are you doing? I don't understand. They, they saw it. You know, it's been nominated for other things. What's the problem? I don't get it. Um, what are your, uh, you have another one? <laughs> yeah, I have one more worth shouting out. Um, and that is uh, our beloved Annette. Um, oh, just yes. Like, like, you know, it almost feels 
it, it borders on being like most production design versus best production design. But I just like that whole <laughs> that whole movie's excess, and I I I was won over by it, and just like you know, some of those sets are just like the way that sh- that movie imagines the Super Bowl is oh. just one of like the most cursed things. And What's I call- what do they call it in the movie though? Isn't it something else? I thought they said Super Bowl. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's just regardless of what they call it, it is stunning. Like that that movie is just excess in the right way, and I. Um, What's the hyper bowl? Hyper oh my bowl. god, it's even better than I thought. Yeah, like, it's a, I knew I knew it was a pun of some kind because uh, hyperbole, you know, obviously. God, I'm upset. Um, what a movie. <laughs> yeah, I, the dr- the drones, the drones alone, uh, nothing could have prepared me in my life for that moment. Um, this is kind of a joke one, and and also my last one. But like realistically, the film hinges on on its set design, and it's a the the escape room sequel. That light hall, that lighthouse thing is so fun. <laughs> Hell yeah! What a what a delight, you know? Like <laughs> I was like looking through the films that I watched last year, and I was like, you know what? That damn lighthouse. Uh, set it was so cool and they gotta sink the whole thing in sand come on like I, you know not like I, you know i don't believe this with my whole chest but like what what else is going on <laughs> like i would put it over nightmare alley you know what i mean like <laughs> i remember i don't remember a single set in that better than i remember that lighthouse set um although i will say probably the first escape room is is more more exciting you know what what could be better than the upside down pool pool room Oh um, yeah, that, that was one of the best sets. That, they should have an honorary Oscar for that set, to be honest. That that set alone should have won a special Oscar. It, 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 what a thrill. Um, okay, our last <clears throat> our last one. Wait, for do you, this so do we both think yeah. Dune's winning best production design? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, I didn't even think about it. Yes, I I would predict. Uh, yeah, I think Dune's gonna win. I I think we're probably gonna come down on Dune winning a lot of technicals realistically, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's sh- I think it will win and should win, to be honest. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, come on, who who else is doing it like her? Just look at the um, material. <laughs> look at the material. I wouldn't mind a, a a West Side Story though, but I think you and I are probably I, I think the wave is not there for Miss West Side Story. Um, Unfortunately. I know. The final um, uh, category we're going to talk about in this episode is editing, um, which is, oh boy, what a, I forgot already <laughs> what I, how much I hated this one. Um, the nominees are Hank Corwin for Don't Look Up, um, Joe Walker for Dune, Pamela Martin for King Richard, Peter Seberis for The Power of the Dog. And uh, Myron Kirstein and Andrew Weisblum for Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, all right, Don't Look Up uh, is, um, I'm going to, I'm sort of, I'm stealing this from you, this idea, because every, as soon as I was watching, I was like, you know, you said years ago, it's like things that, um, things that are nominated for editing are often the things that are the most edited or something, or mm-hmm. like, and this is the most edited film, but I would say that the editing and the film itself are incoherent. So why is it here? Because like, I thought we were, I thought this was mer- about merit, <laughs> not just like <laughs> who was the most exhausted by having to cut this film together. And like, realistically, yeah, sure. Hank, Hank probably had to do the most damn work because the film is over edited to death. But is it good? No, I, I, I truly found the film largely incoherent. Um, what are your thoughts on 
the film and, and the editing in it. Yeah, I agree. The, the last scene in this movie is like one of the most strangely edited like sequences I've seen in a while of just like, what tone are we trying to convey here? And like, it totally doesn't work with the rest of the film, which is like, mm-hmm. so the, the whole movie, I mean, the whole movie I think is more entertaining than most of Adam McKay's films have been lately, yet mm-hmm. also more incoherent and annoying in a strange way because it's so cynical and so um, obnoxious for so long. But then, like, just has this weak as fuck ending that, like, I just, like, the ending soured me so much. And I think, no offense to Mr. Hank Corwin, uh, the editing is a big part of that. Of just, like, no, we don't get to make this movie feel randomly sympathetic at the end and everything. And, <laughs> like, I just think, also, I mean, also, you know, this is a very basic thing about editing, but, like, the movie is, like, well over two hours. And I'm like, no, I'm so, it does not need to be this way. The, no. the, edit, the editing never really helps uh, keep the pace going. It never really helps sell a joke. I think more comedies need to be nominated in editing because of how crucial editing is to comedies. But I don't mean this. <laughs> like, it's just no. like, I, and I worry because I do think this movie has a very good chance of winning. And yeah. it's just like, you know, it's it reminds me a lot of the Bohemian Rhapsody meme that went around for oh, a while of God. like you know like this is just noticeable editing it's not the best and yeah. it's like I, I just you know very very much not feeling this one <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's a shitty nomination um June yeah I mean not not maybe not the um maybe not the thing I notice notice most about the film and I think you could argue that maybe it could be a little snappier um and but that's that's you know the, the walker can't cut the film you know what i mean like you can't like make it half an hour shorter if villeneuve wants it to be a half an hour longer you know what i mean um but it is it is fine um i don't know what are your thoughts on the, the editing for dune i'm gonna be a snob again and just say like <laughs> Again, one of the first times in a while where I've watched an action movie and I've been like, I always know what's going on. And That's I'm, true. I'm never confused as to what's going on in action scenes. And it's like, you know, that alone to me earns this denomination because even in movies I love, like the Fast and Furious films, like the editing can often be very loud and confusing in modern um, Hollywood spectacles. And this is really, you know, a new reference point to being like, hi, people, Marvel do this, like DC yeah. do this and everything. <laughs> you know, that's a really good point actually. Cause you're like, I'm just assuming that coherence is competence, but we've been, spent the last two decades almost uh, seeing that that's not true. So you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, King Richard, Pamela Martin, um, a film I watched uh, yesterday. Um, and then I, you know, it, it is well edited. I will say that like sports movies often depend on, um, the way that they're editing to give energy to uh, whatever sport is being played, in this case, tennis. Um, and the scene, all the tennis scenes work really well. Tennis is not a sport I, I particularly enjoy simply because I cannot play it and do and just never have been able to. <laughs> <laughs> so I just refuse to like, but I'll watch it. And watching actual tennis is harrowing. I had to change the channel when Naomi Osaka was playing in, in the Olympics 
because I just couldn't handle the pressure, you know, it's like, and these matches are hours long. Um, And that's not the only part here. There's a lot of family drama and stuff, but you know, the great thing about the editing here is that the film never drags, even though it's pretty long and it's mostly like talky um, and mostly centers around like one character realistically. Um, But I never felt bored by it. And that's an achievement um, in any year. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's well edited. It's just, um, it's not like uh, the flashiest editing, but it is really good editing, I would say. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is really one of the most well edited movies of the year. And I'm happy it got a nomination. I just think, you know, I don't watch sports. I did not know (laughs) anything about I mean I knew who the Williams were obviously but like yeah. I, somehow I, you've heard of Serena Williams yeah, yeah somehow and <laughs> I knew they were considered like amongst the best players in the world so like I knew the basics I didn't know anything about like the, the narrative in the film so like I was genuinely in suspense the whole time and I was so invested and I think that's a real statement to the end I think it is a an incredibly well edited movie and I'm was thrilled to see this get a nomination um to be honest yeah uh power of the dog what are your thoughts on the editing um again I think a really strong one because I mean obviously we have different opinions on yeah. this film but I think um you know, it's a movie that's kind of in five acts, given the structure of the way it goes. And I just think the way it moves for me um, and the way each act, in my mind, lasted exactly as long as it had to be to get to the point. It was just really well done editing story, like storytelling via editing, I think. And I think, you know, for me, it really, really, really worked. And I think it's a very cool nomination. It's one of the films from this year where I just think... Uh, editing played a really key part in making the story flow the way it did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's deliberate film and uh, uh, you know, I don't think that's a problem. I like, I could, I could argue, I suppose that I would want it to be cut shorter, but that's not the point of it. The lackadaisical um, pacing is, is part of the way it unfolds. It just didn't work for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not bad. It's just, I didn't, I wasn't, it didn't, grab me in in a way like it, sometimes that sort of deliberate pacing will suck me in but it, it this way in this one it felt sort of distancing simply because for some reason I think I was just really dialed into where it was heading and I was like oh are we gonna get to that soon or when is <laughs> you know what I mean like or I like I saw I had a thought early on that it uh, turned out to be true and it took mm-hmm. like an hour for that reveal to happen or whatever and I was like and it took so long that I was just like, oh, what a crazy thought. That's not going to happen. And then it did. And I was like, oh, it just took forever to get to this. Like, Jesus, why is this taking so long? So, you know, I, I think it's just um, the the storytelling is just not for me. Um, but it's I don't really, think it's yeah. poorly edited. No, go ahead. It's really funny. My parents watched The Power of the Dog without me recommending it, which is oh boy. A, a testament to um, the, the Netflix homepage power to be honest and yeah I was like what did you think because I mean I love this movie I was like my parents would hate this movie when I saw it the first uh-huh. time and then they were, my parents were like you know we really hated it until the twist and then we loved it and wow. I it's it's funny because I was like I don't think it's particularly like twisty like my boyfriend and I I don't either clued in on what the twist was like 
pretty quick. <laughs> Same. Know. That's that's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. I was like, I was like, ten, you know, the first scene that they they have, like, two of the characters have together, I was like, oh, this is like, there's, I know what's going on here. And right, then, yeah. But it took so long that I truly was like, oh, then I must have read that wrong or something, because it just didn't. You know, I don't know. It just I thought it would come up earlier and then it didn't. But yeah, I, I think it's easy to figure out. It is interesting. But, you know, it's funny. It's, they're not the only people I've heard say that it's like that that surprised them. And I was just mm-hmm. like, wait, what? <laughs> I know? think it's fast. It's just it's fascinating because like this movie plays different to so many people. And that's part of yeah. it. Because I love that even though I, I figured out what's going on pretty early, I love watching it unfold. You, you clearly mm-hmm. what, that didn't work for you. Yeah. for whatever reason and then with my parents they my parents were like no we actively hated it and kept saying let's turn it off and then the twist <laughs> happened and we were like oh this is pretty interesting and i was just like i just i want to collect reactions to this movie i think it's fascinating yeah i know i mean i think uh i think that's absolutely right it, it does connect differently with different people and or disconnected so you know i don't think it's bad i just it's just not for me um I mean, speaking of movies that parents watched on um, Netflix, I, I, to- I told my mother that she would not like Tick, Tick, Boom, even though I loved it. And they still tried to watch it and turn it off five minutes in. Um, uh, yeah, no, only I mean, five minutes, God. Oh, they bear. I mean, I, I told her. I told her not to do it. Um, and she's still trying. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, I could only warn them so much. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think the editing in this has been phenomenal um it's part of what makes it work because it is really um it's telling like more than one story at once realistically it's talking about real life and also uh a play that's going on and then also like fantasy sequences and it all seamlessly worked for me um and all and everything like was always in conversation in exactly the right way um sometimes a musical can be too cut up like um I, I, that's what the thing I really didn't like about In the Heights, for instance, is that it kept cutting away and lessening its energy in the middle of songs, right when things were about to crescendo. And that's what, the, that's the thing that drove me nuts about that film. But this, this is always cutting in a way that is building energy or emphasizing te- like uh, conversations between text and real life or, you know, or the, or the depiction of real life um, in a way that always works, in a way that always, like interested me um and i think the editing is really good here actually uh what are your thoughts yeah i agree i think um it like it should border on most editing but Mm -hmm. yet i i was totally won over by like the drama kid earnestness of it basically and like i have watched the uh the 3090 opening musical number like at least five times now like just on it like going going into my netflix app and just watching the first five minutes basically because it's not on YouTube as a, as like a, a <laughs> no, they haven't. Yeah. And like, you know, I just think those big musical numbers are so well edited and so well mm-hmm. done. I mean, that one's great. The, um, comes to your senses is really well done oh, and everything. Yeah. It's I've like, watched it so many times. It's disgusting. It's they're really well done scenes. And like, yeah, for me, it's, it's a no brainer nomination to be honest like this this it's a really good pick i was so happy to see it in the nominations what's your what's your pick for the win and and like your personal pick if it's uh different it's tough like to be honest like um the i i i low-key think don't look up is gonna win (laughs) like uh yeah it just it feels like the one that makes sense a tiny part of me thinks it could be june because uh, just I, I kind of expect a technical sweep, 
it's hard mm-hmm. to say. This is, in a way, the hardest category to predict, I think. I really don't fully know which way it will go. Of these five, I will say, I'd probably go with Tick, Tick, Boom, Where the Power of the Dog, but, like, honestly, King Richard or Dune, I'd be fine with. Those four are in my five, and I will tell you what the what, what didn't make the final cut when we get to that segment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. It's like the, the one that probably is going to win is going to be Don't Look Up because it is the most edited, but the other ones are all better, and I would be happy with any of them winning realistically. Um, well, I guess I wouldn't be happy with that Power of the Dog, but, like, I'd love it if it were Dune. I'd be thrilled if it was King Richard. And, I, I, you know, my personal pick, maybe if I'm leaning toward one, is probably Tick, Tick, Boom, because I love that movie so much, and I, I wish it had more, a little more, you know, nominations. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, uh, these are mostly solid. Um, like, if I had to rank it, I'm definitely putting Power of the Dog over Don't Look Up. Um, at least one of them is coherent. Um, <laughs> why don't you tell people about the your, your extras? Or I guess yeah. you only have one extra. Yeah, I only have one extra, and it's, um, I was mentioning comedies uh, being, like, editing being really crucial there, and um, I guess I technically have two, because um, I do love the editing of Barbara and Sargo to Vista Del Mar, and just the way mm-hmm. those, that movie does a joke, but the one that makes my five that isn't in the Academy's five is Zola, just because that mm-hmm. both, like, needs editing to sell a lot of its punchlines, because it 100. is a movie that... Similar to um, uh, what we were saying with Tick, Boom, like, it's a movie that's bouncing between, like, fantasy sequences and uh, characters' imaginations and then real life and things like that. But also, it's the feat of what makes this movie special, I think, which is that it's an adaptation of, like, a Twitter feed. And, yeah. uh, you know, it is telling a story that is wild and takes all these turns and um, has, you know, in the way that Twitter feeds do, like, random tangents and um like <laughs> other points and it is just so well executed and i think a big reason why that is, is the editing and i i just you know i i'm not surprised zola did not get any oscar nominations it is very much not an oscar movie but it is some of the best editing of the year yeah uh, that's a great choice honestly um my only others were uh uh actually one two two we mentioned actually um you know, listen, I'm going to stand for old again. I think the editing's great in that. Uh, <laughs> part of what keeps it moving. Um, uh, I actually like the editing in The Last Duel because it's not, there are three separate stories realistically being told or told three point of views. And like, you know, obviously there's each shot is going to be filmed differently for each of those as you hear the story three times, right? But like, you know, somebody still has to choose that, that shot, whatever. And I'm sure Scott is some of that, but it's also probably a lot of the editing. And mm. realistically, the editing is building a lot of that. And, like, for God's sake, the editing in the fucking final battle is so fucking intense. Like, holy shit. I, that was the most visceral thing I've seen in a film all year. And I, like, literally, I, I could hear my audience, like, like, exhale after it ended because it was so fucking tense. It was just so tense. Um, it's great. Uh, a really good film. Again, we're we're, probably, we're going to talk about it a bunch. The only other one that I would mention that we haven't talked about so far is The Lost Daughter, um, which is the Maggie Gyllenhaal Netflix film adapting Alana Ferrante's uh, novel of the same name. Um, uh, also a, a film where you have to cut between multiple timelines and multiple characters. Um, and every shot is realistically, and the way that shots are paired, especially because of 
looking and sort of voyeurism, if you will, is so uh, integral to that film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all built up in the way the shots are put together realistically. So the tension, the unbelievable tension of that movie and all of the things that are being unspoken, sure, a lot of it is being um, put together by the actors, but it does have to be arranged in a way that we, that it's conveyed to us and everything is conveyed to us um, without dialogue, which so much of that film is. Um, and I, I don't know, I think it's a great, it's a, it's, it's really fascinating editing. I, I don't think the film would be what it is without it, realistically. Um, all right, that is it for this episode. Um, we'll be back uh, with something, who knows what. Um, possibly more more categories that the Academy allegedly doesn't care about at this moment, but we will make them care. Um, uh, you can find me at the pop break. I'm sure I will have uh, the occasional review going up when these are going up. Um, and you can find me on uh, at Marissa Carpico um, on all social media platforms. Um, Matt, you want to plug your, your social media? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at MattNMFB1 and Letterboxd, Matt T. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.